This podcast is to guide, inform, encourage newly diagnosed cancer patients, current fighters, survivors, and help those who seek to support and understand some of what their loved ones are going through. Okay, Jen, before you get into the diagnosis day story, which is where we are starting, can you please tell us what type of cancer you have? So I have stage 4B primary peritoneal cancer. Stage 4B. What does that mean? So that means that it is cancer that has spread to distant distant parts of the body. Um, and there is no 4C. So I went right for it and achieved it all. So you, you went to the top of the ladder. I did. Yeah. You jumped from no cancer to stage 4B cancer. Yes. I'm, I'm an overachiever. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. All right. So tell us about diagnosis day. Okay. So, well, it starts like in the fall of 2017. I had been feeling upper respiratory yuckiness, fluish, but, you know, I work in an elementary school, so that is to be expected. And just not feeling well in general all fall. Finally went to an urgent care on December 7th and was diagnosed with pneumonia, which I was like, cool, got it, understood, totally, you know, get me some antibiotics and I'll be good to go. They did offer um, a chest x-ray and I said, would whatever shows on the chest x-ray change the way you treat me or the the medicine you give me? And they said, no, it would strictly be for follow-up. So I denied the chest x-ray. First mistake. Um, I should have had that. Why did you deny the chest x-ray? So I worked all day that day and I had taken myself to an urgent care at about six o'clock and I was tired and I just wanted to go home and go to bed. Um, and if I would have had to have the chest x-ray, I would have had to go to another clinic, probably downtown and it would have made me get home a lot later. And I just wanted to go home and go to bed. So I said, no, thanks. And I should have had it. Was the cost of an x-ray anything that dissuaded you from going as well? No, it wasn't the cost. It was just wanting to go home. Hadn't worked, have put in a full day, not feeling well. Hadn't felt well in a couple months. I just wanted to go home and go to bed because I had to get up and do it all over again the next day. And you hadn't felt well in a couple of months. If I remember correctly, your dog had <laughs> cancer. Oh, my tuggy. Yes. Yeah. So my two and a half year old Husky Lab mix was diagnosed with lymphoma right after I was diagnosed with um, pneumonia. I actually was diagnosed with pneumonia December 7th. I took the next day off to rest and I ended up taking him to the vet that day because he was acting lethargic and turns out he was diagnosed with lymphoma that day. So I did not stay home and rest that day. I took my dog to the vet and of course that was heartbreaking because he was my baby because all the kids have grown up and left. So he's the baby. Um, so yeah, that was a definitely a hard time. And then after he was diagnosed, you know, I didn't really take care of myself because I was, he was in the end stage of his life and he was on steroids and I was sleeping on the couch with him and taking him out to pee every half hour because he couldn't hold it. You know, it was a whole thing. I mean, the dog was dying. So, so he finally, um, we put him down February 19th. Um, I realized, holy cow, I have really let myself go and I feel awful. And long story short, I went to the doctor six times between that December 7th and March 18th. And on March 18th, I finally went back to the doctor and said, I can't breathe. Something's wrong. I've 
been treated for pneumonia. I was treated for the flu. I was treated for asthma. I was treated for everything under the sun. And finally, on March 18th, she said, I'm going to send you for a chest x-ray. And this time I did not argue. Right. That's right. You went in for that x-ray. And I remember those months after Tug, the, your dog was diagnosed with cancer. And you kept saying that you felt tired, but we thought it was because you had pneumonia. And we thought it was because you weren't sleeping well because you were taking care of Tug. And then just the sadness of dealing with everything that was going on with Tug. And so you, you just kind of kept chalking the not feeling well up to that. I remember seeing you at work and you just weren't yourself. You weren't your chipper usual self. And I remember seeing you using the inhaler when they diagnosed you okay. with asthma. And you just look, you gave me this look at lunch. So there were other people in the teacher's lounge that day. And you gave me this look at lunch. Like, I don't know what's going on with me. <laughs> I didn't know how to use an inhaler first, first of all. And when I went to use it, it was like it didn't have anywhere to go. Come to find out my lung was fully collapsed. So there was no airflow. There was nowhere for that inhaler stuff to go. But I kept telling the doctor, I don't know how to use it. I don't, I can't use it. And she'd say, four-year-olds use an inhaler. And I'd say, well, I guess I just don't know how because it's not working for me. Again, lung was fully collapsed, two fractured ribs. Um, and my heart was, and I don't remember the exact measurement, but it was like three millimeters or something out of place because I had so much fluid on my lung. And you gave me that look. You are the kind of person that really powers through everything. And we will get to the fact that you had 80 sick days saved up because you do power through everything. And so when you gave me that look, I was like, this is not good. There's something really going on. And you didn't say anything at that moment. You, you didn't say, oh, I don't feel good because that's not you. And there were other people in the, the lounge. And I think you don't like to seem as though you're complaining. And so you just gave me the look and it, it said a lot to me. I remember that. So let's go back. Let's talk about that chest x-ray. You didn't argue with the doctor. You went ahead and got the chest x-ray. What's next? Yes, I was thrilled to go get a chest x-ray. Um, and it was right down the street. So I went over there and they got me right in. And she, the radiologist took the x-ray. And then she came back in and she said, have you ever had chest surgery? And I said, yes, I had a double mastectomy a couple years ago. And she said, no, I'm talking about your lungs. Have you ever had surgery on your lungs? And I said, no. And she said, oh, well, something is very wrong. And she left me in the room by myself. And of course, total panic, total crying. I mean, I was a mess. I felt awful for one, just awful, awful, awful. And now I'm scared. And so they put me in a room by myself um, to calm and told me to calm down. And my doctor called me and said that there was fluid on my lung and I needed to go right to the hospital. We needed to find out why the fluid was on the lung and we needed to get it off. But I needed to wait there for some films for the radiologist to give me. And I said to the doctor, I said, okay, well, I need to go pick up my daughter from school and stop at home and grab a bag because I'm assuming I'm going to be spending the night because it is now six o'clock at night. And she said, no, if you don't tell me you're going right now, I'm sending an ambulance for you. And I said, okay, 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 I'll go. And of course, I did go home and pick up my daughter and pack a bag. But I didn't tell her that. 
because you power through things. So when you were, what were, what are you thinking at this point? You said that you were scared. Are you, um, like coming up with conjectures about what might be going on? So I knew something very, very, very wrong was, I knew, what did I say? Okay, hang on. I knew something was very, very wrong. Um, I just knew it. I felt it. I knew something was just not right. I was hoping, I Googled a lot over the past couple months of not feeling well, and I was pretty sure I was having a pleural effusion. I, however, did not correlate pleural effusion to cancer. So I thought I just had really let myself go, had a bad case of an, a lung infection or virus, and was having some sort of pleural effusion that was probably going to take some sort of lung surgery, fixing something that I was not going to be happy with. But I had no idea. Even cancer was not in my brain. And as we move forward, we'll talk more about what pleural effusion is. So you do finally get to the hospital after not following the doctor's orders and what went on there. So I get to the emergency room and there's a lot of people waiting and in the waiting room and they take me right back. They said they've been waiting for me and I thought, oh, this is not good. And they put me on an EKG monitor because my heart rate was pretty high. Um, blood pressure was really high. So they started to hook me up to all kinds of things, acting like I was going to go into cardiac arrest or something. And I, again, very confused, not really sure what's going on, very scared. Um, so I just kind of let them do what they were, they needed to do. Were you there by yourself? No. So I came home. Um, and once I got Abby, my youngest settled, uh, Dave, my long time boyfriend took me to the hospital. We went together. And, um, so once they got me stabilized, I guess, in triage, they sent me to the ER where I just kind of laid in bed. The infectious disease team came down and was asking all kinds of questions. And that was really, really intimidating and really scary. They were talking about quarantining me and that I might be contagious. And I had just kissed my daughter goodbye and had my boyfriend sitting next to me and had work that day. So it was a very confusing time and um, just very, very scary. So you were concerned that you had infected other people. <laughs> yes, I had no idea. It was like a whirlwind. I had no clue what was going on. I was just along for the ride. And I kept thinking, I have do nothing out of the ordinary. And I go nowhere. I don't even leave like a five mile radius of my house. Anybody that's listening to this that knows me knows that's true. So I did not have any kind of rare form of anything. And I knew that, but I just couldn't get that across to anybody else. Yeah. You don't, you don't even like to drive on the highway. No. Just the belt line here right around Raleigh. Yes, for sure. I fill up my tank once every six weeks. Yes. Yes. So definitely staying close to home. Gotcha. Finally, we did another chest x-ray there. And they came back and said there were seven liters of fluid on my, in my right pleural space. So the fluid was, hmm, it's hard to explain. Um, so the lining of your lung, the fluid was in the lining of my lung. So my lung had actually become detached and then collapsed. The lining of the lung, is that over the top of the lung or inside of the lung? That's in your pleural space. So if you Google pleural space, you'll be able to figure that out. 
Gotcha. And the, the pleural space is kind of in there with the chest cavity. Yes. Yes. Well, we will, everybody, you can go to the website and take a look at that picture. Um, we'll, we'll find a picture of pleural effusion and the pleural cavity and post that on the website. Okay, so let's stop right there for a minute. Yeah. So fast forward to 24 hours later after um, a night in the emergency room, finally getting, up, getting admitted at about 2 in the morning, um, the thoracic chest surgeon came in and said that he had sent my fluid from my lung to cytology and he had to halt all testing until they ruled out cancer. And that was the first time I heard that word. How did they get the fluid out of your lung? So they did three pleurodesises. I think that's how you say it. The night before, while I was in the hospital, you can only have two liters of fluid drained at a time. So I had three of those throughout the night and I still had some fluid left on my lung. And they were gonna, as far as I knew, they were gonna do another one to drain the rest of it. And that, and he came in and said, we have to stop everything until we rule out cancer. And um, I was not happy with him. I told him that I've been sick. I let myself go. I'm working too hard. I'm doing too much. And it's not cancer and he's wasting his time. And then, so he left. And then another um, little doctor <laughs> came in. She was a woman. I'm sure she's very, very nice in real life, but um, not my favorite person. And she started talking about numbers and counts and things that I did not understand. And I said, wait, you think this is cancer? And she said, well, your numbers are showing that we're leaning towards that. And I said, you need to leave. You don't, I don't know who you are. I've never met you before. I was obviously getting upset at this point. And so she left and then Dave um, came back in and I told him, I said, they're talking about cancer. And he said, they see you coming. They see someone that has good credit and pays their bills and has good insurance and doesn't want to make anybody mad. And they're going to run your bill up and test you and just run a huge bill up and you don't have cancer and they're stupid and don't worry about it. And I was like, yeah, you're right. They're stupid. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I think that's, um, I think that's such an honest response to being diagnosed with cancer. Um, you know, I've known people with cancer before and didn't hear about the diagnosis, you know, and it exactly the thoughts that were going through their head. So, all right. So when did you find out that it was in fact cancer? Okay. So before mentioned thoracic surgeon came in and I was laying in bed, Dave was sitting next to me playing on his phone and the thoracic surgeon walked in and stopped in the doorway and said, it's cancer. And that's all he said. And I said, what kind? And he said, we don't know. And I said, well, what, what uh, you know, just asked, started asking a million questions, but really not asking anything. And so I got it together and I said, what are the chances of me coming out of this okay? And he said, low, but not zero. You are in end stage.
All right, everyone, you are listening to What the Teal Happened. We will be back with you next week. We are going to drop our episodes on Tuesday because that is Teal Tuesday. And please tune in. Please tell everybody about the podcast and like, subscribe, and review.